This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five Four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Mm-hmm. We got Edric in the house. Yes, sir. What's going on? Okay, we were just <laughs> we just had a we had a very funny conversation earlier. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> can't talk about it here though. Sorry. We can't, but we can talk about it in generalities. I fucking hate some of my friends' kids. <laughs> Not anybody that you guys fucking know, because every time I, I mention a story, it's weird because. When we talk about certain things, right? I, yeah. I don't use if I do use names, they're yeah. not their actual names. Right, right. It just makes it easier for the story's sake. Mm-hmm. But every time I tell these stories, they go, Oh, is it Bart? Is it Geo? It's like I just met these guys in the last ten years. Yeah. There was 24, 20, no, twenty years before them yeah. that I met a shit ton of other people. Yeah, exactly. Also, they aren't my only fucking friends. You know? I think I think it's just because like they're so curious about the lives of the people that they watch or listen to, and then they they just they just want to attach a name to it you know they, like they somebody want, they know they want it to be that person yeah exactly because like, i'll tell these like funny stories or these yeah. bad stories about people yeah. it's like why would i tell those stories specifically about people you guys already know that doesn't make any sense it's yeah. too easy yeah let me let me put these dudes on blast yeah you know? so listen, i know these guys that own this fucking comedy channel let's just call it uh, J- jp films yeah yeah fucking ridiculous we just had popeyes too amazing oh, by the man. way the spicy chicken sandwich yo I was at fucking Popeyes with uh, Kay yesterday, so mm-hmm. the reason why I got Popeyes right now is because mm-hmm. when we went there uh, last night, there's mm-hmm. a new Popeyes over uh, in Highland Park. It's mm-hmm. fucking packed. Yeah, everybody loves that shit. That shit was a KFC before. Uh-huh. Nobody went there, turned yeah. to a Popeyes. Everybody's yeah. there. No, for sure. I mean, even the one um, near Essie uh, in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to get some chicken there a couple weeks ago. Uh, Drive through. I legit waited like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, God damn, people really want the fried chicken, man. And so when we went there, we went to go pick up a, a spicy chicken sandwich because I was craving it. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, there was a sign that said, there's no more fried chicken sandwiches. Left. Oh, hell no. And so there was a guy that was in front of us mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a Beamer. He's like a, I don't know if he was white, Mexican, Armenian. He was mm-hmm. one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But he was chilling. And the guy, of course, he has to say this. The, you could tell the, the girl who was in... Um, customer service who was taking the order she was very young just by the sound of her voice yeah and she goes hey i'm sorry to let you know but there's no more um spicy chicken sandwiches and the person before us uh before you who got there they took all the last tenders mm-hmm. so i'm really sorry about that and the guy just starts giving this young woman some <laughs> shit you know this is, a, this is a young girl yeah he goes well you guys well you should put the sign up earlier before people get into the drive-thru mm-hmm. and she goes oh i'm really sorry blah 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 and he says the same thing again he yeah. goes you should really put that sign up before people come through and you know this girl she's a young girl she doesn't own fucking yeah, exactly. popeyes bitch <laughs> she's just an employee taking your order yeah she's being extremely apologetic as she's doing it and he says it one more time. He goes, just make sure you guys put the sign up in front. Now, I'm getting a little pissed mm-hmm. because he's mistreating this young girl 
as if she can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't own Popeyes, but I see this dude, this is like an older gentleman in his fucking Mercedes with his fucking younger girlfriend, and I'm getting visibly upset. And then, you know, Khalif is getting like a little upset too. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Yeah. And so as we're going up there, and, you know, I kind of joked with the girl, whatever, just trying try to make her feel better. And then afterwards, she offered us, like, hey, can I, you guys want some, like, some biscuits or something that yeah. we could give you on the house? Uh-huh. I was like, no, nah, it's okay. It's cool. Just because we were really sweet yeah. to her. But as we were in the drive, that I was so fucking irritated. Uh-huh. I just kept talking shit loud as fuck with my windows down because <laughs> like, i wanted fuck this fool in front of me right now because <laughs> yeah, i wanted him to hear it yeah and you know Kate could tell i was like visibly getting upset because he was giving this young girl crap mm-hmm. for no fucking reason yeah. like what are you gonna do you're gonna beat her up like yeah. you fucking tough guy like yeah. she's a teenager yeah and so i'm sitting there and i'm just like and i'm like yeah man some people are fucking assholes <laughs> with the windows down and as i'm saying it i, I forgot that her intercom was still on uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not talking about you I'm talking yeah. about the guy in front yeah. so I just kept saying it over and over and the guy rolled down his window and he kind of looked at the side side mirror yeah. and I just kept saying it over and over and over and he just didn't do anything yeah. I was like you're not going to do anything you little bitch <laughs> that guy's such a fucking dick yeah. I don't understand why people mistreat like fast food workers so much bro I got I got a similar Popeye story so when the chicken sandwich first came out um, you know, it shit was crazy, right? Like you're talking, Nuts. yeah, two hour waits, three hour waits. I didn't have waits. that chicken sandwich until maybe four or five months after. Okay, so I think this was the second wave. Like I didn't hit the first wave, mm-hmm. but the second wave. And then so, um, me and my girl, like we were headed towards like the Joshua Tree area to do some like glamping or whatever. And then I was like, you know what? Let's let's uh, find a Popeyes on the way, and then let's let's just see if because this is kind of like in the middle of fucking nowhere, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure the wait's not going to be as bad. So we we uh, look up a Popeyes on the map, we get there, and drive through maybe has like 20 cars, mm-hmm. but then I look inside and there's maybe like a line of 15 people. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's not too bad, right? Well, let's just let's just see uh, how long it takes. So we get in line, and then there's a sign immediately that says. Uh, all chicken sandwiches order or chicken sandwich orders will take at least 45 minutes. Damn. So I was like, but there's not that many people in line. So, I mean, I don't understand why it would take so long. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to roll the dice on it. Right. And then, um, there's uh, these two ladies who were maybe like two, two, two or three, uh, people ahead of me. Um, and then they get to the line and basically the, the fast food worker tells them, Oh, you know, it's going to be a 45, 50 minute wait. And then they just start going off on the girl like, oh, hell no. What would, like, what do you mean 45, 50? And then I, I'm just like, dude, she doesn't have any control over yeah, it. Yeah, what you the know? fuck? Like, and she's like, let me talk to your manager. Oh, and she was like, both, me, and then both of them were giving her attitude. You know, they, they started tag teaming her basically. Let me tell you something. I already know right off the bat. Yeah. Those bitches were fat as fuck. Yep. Yep. Only fucking. Yep. I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything, but I already know. Yeah. You have to be the fattest fucking person on earth to yeah. ask for management at a yeah. Popeyes. Yeah. That's that's some other fat level shit, yeah. dude. I'm talking about unhealthy fat. Yeah. No, they they, they definitely were obese. And then uh, they the manager comes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I've never asked for the manager at a fast food restaurant ever. Yeah. And then the manager comes and he's like, oh, you you know we apologize we're just really backed up right and you could tell man like they're stressed fucking out slammed dude. yeah because they're going they have to do like 10 things at once you know drive through lines backed up in the restaurants backed up they're just trying to pump out orders and i'm like dude give these guys a fucking break you know what i mean it's crazy um and then basically the manager kind of calmed them down and they still weren't happy but 
I mean, fuck, it is what it is. How do you calm them down? He gave him some chicken? No, he's just like, look, you know, we apologize, but we really can't do anything about the demand right now. You know, it's crazy. Clearly, you can see. And then he was just trying to talk some sense into them. And then it basically took a little while. So I'm fucking sitting there getting frustrated as fuck. So I'm like, dude, hurry the fuck up so I could order. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're complaining is holding everybody back right now. And they were only funneling the line through one register. So that shit takes like a good 10, 15 minutes or whatever. It dies down. The dude in front of me is, and we finally get to almost my turn. The dude in front of me goes, and then he orders a chicken sandwich, right? And then they tell him the same thing. Oh, you know, it's going to be at least like a 45-minute wait. And he's like, cool, that's fine. I get to the line and then uh, I, I get to the register and then I look in the back and I just see piles and piles of chicken sandwiches. I'm like, what, what, what's a 45-minute wait? You guys got like 100 chicken sandwiches there, yeah. right? I mean, I didn't say that to him. I'm, I'm just thinking that, right? So I'm like, um, is it really going to take 45 minutes? Because like I, you guys got a bunch in there. They're like, oh, th- that's all for drive through though. I'm like, you got that many drive-through orders? And then she's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy right now. So I was like, okay, so if I order a chicken sandwich, then it's going to take 45 minutes. And she's like, yeah, at least, most likely hour and a half. That's fucking <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm like, all right. I already waited in line for like solid 25, 30 minutes. I'm going to eat something. So I just got like tenders or whatever. I and wonder the- if they could could have just done the sandwich, but fuck the chicken, just mm-hmm. give me tenders and put the tenders inside. <laughs> I know, right? Might have been the same yes, thing. Or any difference? substitution. Um, and then so it took about like 10 minutes for my order to come out. But then the dude who was in front of me, he he ordered at the same time and his order got called up. And then I'm like, hold up. <laughs> hey, man, didn't you order a chicken sandwich? He's like, yeah. I was like, it should only take like 10 minutes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why, why the fuck this bitch lie? I'm like, let me talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> let me talk to your fucking manager right now. No, I didn't say that, yeah. but I was pretty busy because I could have gotten that sandwich for, you know, in 10 minutes. Yeah. But I think they were just saying that basically to kind of <laughs> get people out of there because the they were just so slammed. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so I, I didn't get the chicken sandwich that time. And then uh, I ended up trying it like a month after that. And I was like, I mean, shit, man, it's fucking good. But like this hype is crazy. Yeah. You think it's better than, um, what's it called? The gay hating company. What was it? Chick-fil-A? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwiches. That shit's legit, man. I love that shit. So if you had, if somebody gave you an option of... Mm-hmm. Of a Chick Fil A spicy chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A, right? Chick Fil A spicy chicken. Hold on, let me hold on a second. Let's, 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 you gotta create the scenario for a second, all right? Chick Fil A spicy chicken sandwich, right? Yeah. And a fresh Popeyes chicken sandwich, but you can't have sauces with the fucking uh, Chick Fil A sandwich. Mm. Which one? Because I—that's the thing. Uh-huh. I like the Chick Fil A sandwich if I have the sauce. I need the Polynesian sauce with it, right? So yeah. I need—I need the Chick Fil A sauce and the uh-huh. Polynesian sauce. Yeah. But I'm talking about just the sandwich. Okay, just the sandwich, then Popeyes, because yeah. they got they got that special sauce in yep. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do love that fucking Chick Fil A uh, spicy chicken. It's that good. Sh- yeah, but I, they got vegetables and they got yeah. tomatoes and shit. Pepper and, jack cheese. You know, yep. you got to get the deluxe one. Yeah, and then that Polynesian sauce, that sweet to balance out that that uh, spiciness. I can't believe somebody would ever ask for the manager for at a fast food <laughs> restaurant. That's like eating fast food, going to the back and say, "Let me talk to the chef." Com- Compliments to the chef, you fucking, you fucking lard yeah, ass. No, dude, the they hell? were they were like really upset. They were they were going off on the girl, and and you could tell like the girl was biting her tongue too because obviously they're fucking stressed She's out, probably, man. That's probably the thirteenth person that yelled yeah. at her that day. If 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 
maybe even more <laughs> you know maybe, maybe even more but yeah people were getting to fist fight. there was a i think there was a popeyes like in south central or some shit like that or whatever mm. it, it was towards the ocean area of la yeah. but somebody ran somebody over with their car or like crushed their yeah, legs there was some crazy shit going on fist fights i think people got stabbed <laughs> over a fucking <laughs> yeah. chicken sandwich dude yeah. i mean man it brings out the worst in people man you fucking uh, you know pack people in like that and you That's make the them wait best marketing i've ever heard of in my life i don't yeah. even know how it happened i think somebody I either. else i don't fucking either all of a sudden it's just like everybody on on social media was talking about this chicken sandwich and i'm like i didn't even know popeyes was releasing a chicken sandwich and let alone it's already out and people are going crazy for it um and i'm like is it really that i mean i love popeyes popeyes make some good fucking chicken um and i told you the chicken rice shit me and dave were talking about this uh, chicken rice recipe uh, the Japanese chicken rice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made it with Popeye's chicken rice, and that's just fucking delicious. But anyway, I love Popeye's. More, do you like Church's chicken? Yeah, Church's chicken. I mean, the, the honey biscuits, bro. Dude, the Church's chicken is biscuits. my favorite. Like, I love Popeye's. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. But mm-hmm. still, Church's chicken is hands down my favorite. Church's chicken is bomb. It's also uh, Beyonce loves it too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish Church's also had a spicy version, you know? That's oh, that's yeah. what gets me with Popeye's because I yeah. always get the spicy. No matter what it is, tenders, just you know, leg and thigh, whatever. It's I always get the spicy because I, I love that little extra kick in there. Um, that's my shit. What a little spicy shit? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I always like a little for spicy sure, man for sure. You know, what I just found out too recently. Like I didn't know, but uh, what's it called? Logic just dropped an album. Oh really? And he also retired. Wait, so he dropped an album and retired in the same breath? Yeah, so he retired and uh-huh. he's actually going to be on Twitch. So as a gamer, because how old is Logic? Logic is super young. Yeah, I think he's like probably now maybe twenty eight, if I if I'm not like mistaken. Super young, yeah, right? Yeah. But he retired, retired. Wow. Completely. I mean, the thing is, I think he made more money than people usually do because he's independent. You know, mm. uh, so he's putting. Oh, is he a, a completely independent artist? He's yeah, not signed. Yeah, I think he was independent, um, and then he was just getting distribution through a major. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah. Um, so. That's probably why he stacked chips up pretty quickly. Because yeah. it's not like he had a huge following, but he had a very loyal following. Yeah. And then so they would support everything that this dude does. And like he's, you know, admittedly always talking about like uh, being a nerd and, and like being into like comics and like video games and all that. So it makes sense. I mean, if... if you know, when I when I saw his uh, concert, number one... Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm an avid listener of Logic. Mm-hmm. I've heard a couple of his tracks and I think he's dope. You know, I'm not... For some reason, something about his music didn't allow me to uh, really be drawn into it. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is per se, Mm -hmm. but I will say this. I think he's a dope ass fucking rapper and Mm -hmm. I love his music, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why, but I don't, I can't recite a single lyric to a Logic song, Mm -hmm. but I fuck with him as a rapper. Mm -hmm. And then I remember um, it was a podcast that Joe Button did and Joe Button was talking about, um, I'm not saying I agree with these sentiments. Mm -hmm. If, If there's a, you know, huge Logic fans out there, but he was saying that it feels like when he raps, there's no substance to it. Like it's, mm. it's almost soulless. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that's the case for me, but for some yeah. reason, like I appreciate him as a rapper, mm-hmm. but I don't really know any of his songs. And I don't mm. know why that is. Yeah. I mean, cause the thing is whenever you have a rapper who tends to rap a little bit faster and, yeah, and, they, yeah, yeah. and they put more words into a bar, it can kind of get lost on you because it's more stylistic. It's mm. like, it might be more fun to listen to, but if you actually do listen to his music, he does have substance in there. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, his style tends to be, he's a little bit faster. Mm. And then, so like, even when you listen to him freestyle, I mean, he could do it off the top of the dome. It's, yeah. it's like real freestyle, but a lot of it will just kind of be filler words. He's not really saying too much, you know? Um, so stylistically, I mean, 
it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but at the end of the day, I feel like he's he carved his own path, and I respect that, and I admire that, you know? Um, I don't know if... I, it's, it's kind of interesting, because when he... He said he's going into Twitch, mm-hmm. right? And Twitch is a huge platform. Yeah. But it's but I saw a video of him kind of explaining why he's going to leave. And I guess like one of the reasons why he said he was going to leave was because he wants to be a family because he has a kid now mm. or a daughter, which I thought was a little odd. I'm like, you can't be a parent <laughs> and make music. But I guess he's just done, done kind of creating music for other people. Mm-hmm. Because I think as an artist, he's still going to create music. He's still going to rap over stuff, probably still release mixtapes or whatever. But I don't think he has like a goal in pursuit of creating another album and kind of making rap his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, financially, he's completely stable. Mm-hmm. He was Grammy nominated twice mm-hmm. in his early 20s. Yeah. You know, now and now that I know as an independent artist, mm-hmm. I think he won like a BET award. He did, he's done a lot of shit. Yeah. I didn't even know he was black. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a half black, half white. That motherfucker looked all white. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, he comes from, uh, you know, pretty rough uh, background. Like his, his, I think both his parents were drug addicts. You oh, know, shit. Yeah, his his dad was like in and out of jail, I guess. And so he he kind of grew up in a, in a rough environment, in a rough area. And uh, he has, I think, one or two older brothers. And they were kind of into that street life as well. Um, so he might seem like your kind of cookie cutter white kid almost yeah. but it, it's just uh i don't know that's just kind of like the identity he carved out for himself or, or even like the the persona as as an artist yeah um and that's what i'm saying i respect it's like he's not really trying to flex too much about oh yeah you know i'm hood and and, and i'm pretty sure like in his beginning days he he definitely had um a little bit of inner turmoil with that like trying to decide you know am i going to try to be this street rapper type of thing or am i going to be a little bit more because i would i would categorize him as like more of a conscious rapper Mm. yeah yeah that's kind of what he's on um a backpack rapper i mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. um and it worked for him dude i mean he he just stayed genuine um didn't really try to cater to uh like a, a certain audience by being a certain way he just did him and then it appealed to a, a wide group of people. And that's why he, he, his fan base were so loyal. He has a very interesting fan base too, because I I watched this Logic documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the crowd, it's all white kids. <laughs> I don't see a single fucking black person out there. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? That's so interesting. Yeah. He, he definitely targeted a very specific demographic, mm-hmm. especially for his popularity. I, obviously, I don't think he did it on purpose. Yeah. And I, I think his fans are very loyal, but it was interesting. I, I, I thought there would be... Uh, a more mixture of cultures not just black people but mm-hmm. just other people in general but mm-hmm. it was just all like fucking blonde blue-eyed fucking <laughs> auschwitz like, you know, white, white kids i was like oh shit yeah you know um but i mean that's the thing it's that like when you're starting out as an artist um you might have a certain idea of who you're targeting in terms of your audience but then you just discover that through the music you put out right and you have to have a certain level of business savvy in order to basically capitalize on that. I'm not saying that, you know, he's only thinking or not just him, but, but any artists who've, who've done well independently uh, are thinking it only from a business perspective, but you have to think about the business perspective too, because at the end of the day, you're trying to do this shit for a living. And, And like so many artists are giving out free music just to start building that fan base but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, if you're not making money through music and you're spending this much time and energy through it, then how are you surviving? What yeah. are you doing? Um, and that's either when they're working another job 
or they're really hitting the the performance side hard. They're just doing small shows. I'm just glad it's 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 kind of nice the fact that he has a young fan base just because I think we're finding out recently just because of how uh, digestible music is mm-hmm. and how quick it is and mm-hmm. how quick it's delivered to everybody else, mm-hmm. how how much it transforms. People just get stuck on these quick little hype super fast. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, they'll be done with it. Like, for example, remember that kid, uh, that Korean kid that uh, he bit off that one song from that dude, OG, OG Mako. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Keith Ape. Keith Ape. Yeah. Right. And when he when that kid hopped on that fucking wave mm-hmm. of just screaming into a mic. I don't know what the fuck that is. I actually listened to it the other day again. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn, I still don't like the song. Right? <laughs> but when he popped off doing that shit, mm-hmm. everybody was rapping like him. Mm-hmm. Even people who weren't rapping like him originally, mm-hmm. and they started rapping like him. And that lasted, what, two years? Mm-hmm. And then you don't hear that shit anymore at all. Yeah. It yeah. was such a weird moment. And he, yeah. it, I got a lot of heat for this shit, too, because I remember I, I didn't like that song because mm-hmm. I remember listening to it. And I was like, damn, this shit, this shit sounds so familiar. It sounds like something I heard before. Mm-hmm. And it was that dude OG Mako song. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was a little irritated by that, mm-hmm. right? Just because this kid, the music video stylistically stole everything from the original music video. Yeah, It wasn't a rendition of it. That, his, the flow, all the, the ad-libs, everything was just like that dude OG Mako stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear... When it dropped, it didn't say inspired by or anything. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was no credit given to that. Yeah. There was only credit given to OG Mako until after he kind of was a little upset about it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the public was kind of like, well, why can't he just make dope music? It's still a dope song. It's like, well, that's not the point. Somebody else already put his spin and his taste and his, always, his hard work into it. Kind and of swagger jacked it. And you s- stole everything. Yeah. You didn't give the dude credit. Yeah. And then you blew up your career off of somebody else's hard work. And I don't give a fuck if he's Korean or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that's my people. But you have to give credit where credit is due. And when yeah. I saw that and I'm like, and people are looking at him as he's as if he's an originator. It's like, no, he stole that shit. Mm-hmm. That dude, Keith, Keith, what, Keith Gape? Keith, Keith Ape? Ape? Yeah. Keith Ape? Yeah. Keith Ape? Whatever. Yeah. Keith Monkey, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> this motherfucker stole that shit. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, people can't like his music, but, you know, facts are facts. It wasn't inspired by. It mm-hmm. wasn't a derivative. It was stolen almost it was beat for beat <laughs> ad lib for ad lib you know yeah no, even the music video was very similar yeah yeah no i remember when uh i saw that too and i was just kind of like not not surprised really because um the korean music industry has had a history of doing that let's yeah. say borrowing from western <laughs> culture and western music um and then it wasn't until like the whole k-pop scene and like k-hip-hop scene kind of became a movement and a powerhouse that they started doing things that were more original because they Mm -hmm. started to attract foreign producers and foreign songwriters you know people in europe people here in america um top songwriters and top producers and then so they were doing like original shit for them but prior to that prior to k-pop and k-hip-hop getting there there was a lot of a lot of borrowing from from western music you know um and it's like they say imitation's the highest form of flattery, right? But you know, there there has to be kind of a line with that of like if you're not acknowledging that yeah, you were inspired by this artist or inspired by that song or that album, whatever the case may be, and there's clear correlations between the two. Especially that- when you when your career blew up on it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thing that that bothered me. It was mm-hmm. 
you know, because I remember people hitting me up like, yo, this Korean dude is blowing up. You should be super happy that a Korean dude is killing it in the American rap scene. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, doing what though? He stole that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, gave no credit where credit was due. And once again, people might be like, he did after. It doesn't matter if you did it after. His career already blew up off of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that dude, OG Mako's video did well because they they had to go back and backtrack to a song, which it already had millions of views, but they did more views after Keith Ape's song blew up. Yeah. But it's something about that just didn't sit right. Because I would hate as an artist to add my own unique personal spin Mm -hmm. um, and then you see somebody else do it and they're giving that person all the credit. That oh, would for sure. For that sure. would kill me on yeah, the inside. For sure. I mean, like, how would you not feel salty about that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what the fuck, man? You just straight up jack my shit. <laughs> and there's a problem too with some sometimes with I feel like in 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 a younger generation where they go, Well, what does it matter? Like, you know, people like it anyways. Like, that's not the fucking point. You are profiting off of somebody else's hard work. Mm-hmm. And now there's this conversation of people just don't give a fuck. They go, Well, who cares? they're they're creating something i'm like what did they that's this is weird line i don't understand where it became okay to completely steal something from somebody else Mm -hmm. just because you wanted to and as long as people are just having fun well people aren't just having fun some people get hurt by this their careers get hurt by this yeah yeah no for sure i mean i think it's um a little bit tricky with that when it delves into kind of the creative realm because it's not something that's tangible you yeah. know it's not like you can see the thoughts and the ideas of somebody uh an artist and and it's out there for you to physically look at and hold and touch and see mm-hmm. it, it that translates into a body of work right it, it it translates into like a music or you know whatever form of art that they might be creating and then when somebody takes that and like kind of copies it I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like making knockoff of shoes, right? Yeah. You have a tangible product and you make a knockoff of it. And then people are in up in arms like, what the fuck is this shit? You yeah. know, look at this. Look at this bullshit knockoff, right? Because it's, it's, it's a, in, you're talking about this um, in a creative space. There might be a little bit of a disconnect there. And, I, and that's also tied to things like where people always try to kind of lowball creators, graphic designers, mm-hmm. website designers, because it's like, well, you could do it for free, right? I mean, yeah. we'll give you the exposure, you know, mm-hmm. um, we'll give you a shout out or, you know, we'll give you more projects down the line. But then it's like, it's because you don't understand the type of work. Like, can you do this? Yeah. Can you do this in the amount of time that you're wanting me to do this? Well, I also think people are okay with their artists that they look up to stealing mm-hmm. other people's stuff mm-hmm. because they want to be okay with stealing somebody else's shit. <laughs> I, I really do believe it because they want to be like, well, if he did it, that's yeah. no, okay because you want to be okay because you don't have the talent. Mm-hmm. You don't have the hard work or the ethic mm-hmm. and you're this person who has no fucking artistic bone in your body and you want to be okay popping off and stealing somebody else's shit so you want to support an artist who does that too. Well, I mean, shit, man. that That is true in some cases where people who don't really have that raw natural talent they don't and they want to do it the only way they can do it is to continually borrow yeah and we all we all are kind of a conglomeration of all the people that we look up to for sure for sure so, you know my comedy things that i say and sometimes even on this podcast like i'll say a joke me thinking that everybody knows where it comes from and they go yo david that's really funny and mm-hmm. i'm like yo that's not my joke mm-hmm. like that's a joke from i don't know like 
uh, a TV show yeah, or that yeah. was a joke from this other comedian yeah. that I'm assuming that they know, but I would never take credit for it. Yeah. Somebody asked me like, yo, is that your joke? I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I'm funny. No, I'd be like, no, that's actually a reference from, I don't know, uh, what's it called? Parks and Rec or mm-hmm. that's, a re- that's a joke from The Office. That reminds me of uh, with Jay, uh, Jay-Z. Because yeah. like there was a point when people were like, oh, you always biting off Biggie's lines, mm-hmm. right? But his thing is like, no, nah, I'm I'm bigging up Biggie, you know, yeah. by by saying those. And I think that was kind of the same thing for him. It's just like Biggie is such an iconic rapper that even if I say those lines, you know where it's from. Yeah, it's I don't have shit. Yeah, but then I think on the Black album, I forget which song it was, but he did clarify that he did have a line about that. He's like. Uh, when I say a big verse, I'm only bigging up my brother or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of addressing that. But same thing of what you're talking about is that because it's so iconic or it's so like legendary, you assume people might know, you know, uh, but they might not. Yeah. And then think it's either original or you're jacking somebody. Yeah. You know, it's like if I if I make a uh, like when I was doing these vlogs back in the day, right, mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of like Dave Chappelle jokes, mm-hmm. right? But it was knowing the audience knew it was a Dave, and we're laughing about it being a Dave Chappelle joke. Right. We're not laughing at it as, as if it's my original joke. Yeah. It's a joke that I'm referencing that everybody is in on. They go, "Oh, that shit is funny. That's a Dave Chappelle joke." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's a difference. You know, and I, I think when I was younger too, like I, there was a certain point too, I stopped listening to other stand-up comics because I was so scared that it would bleed into my comedy. Yeah, and yeah, I, I know exactly right? what you mean. And I was scared that I would be somebody that was jacking somebody else's mm-hmm. shit without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it did happen a couple of times. I forgot what co- what what joke it was, but somebody came up to me after uh, a comedy club. They're like, "You stole that joke." I was like, "Which joke?" Mm-hmm. And they they referenced the joke, and then I looked it up later, and I was like, "Oh shit, did I hear this joke before?" Yeah, you know, did I steal this joke? And yeah. I didn't know yeah but that guy was visibly upset and by the way when uh the person that he said i took the joke from uh fuck i wish i could remember but you know it was like a personal friend of his or whatever and i i had to take a step back and like did i hear this from somewhere else because it, it was almost spot on to the joke that i made mm-hmm. um but then it's it kind of went in my line of like parallel thinking because by there was enough distinction where i was like no i don't know who this comic is mm-hmm. it wasn't because you know that comic was asian i'm asian so there's definitely parallel thinking in that kind of case yeah but um i can understand where that dude came from if i stole his buddy's joke mm-hmm. um and there was another time too where i made a joke and i think it was a joke that i heard on mad tv and it was in my stand-up and i didn't realize it until later on when i was on youtube and i was just watching a bunch of random shit and i was like oh shit i got that joke from that sketch and then i took it out of my bit because somebody wrote that joke yeah but and that's what i started getting scared where i stopped watching stand-up comics no i mean but the, you know the, it's that's the thing is that when you're a student of your craft and you're consuming um all of these all this material all the greats and and you're kind of building like a, a strong base and foundation to understand and build on top like build your craft on top of that it's hard not to get influenced, you know? And and I did a similar thing when I was working on my Life Imitates Art EP. Through the entirety of it, I just quarantined myself, mm-hmm. like, from from music that was out there. Because I'm like, dude, if I hear something that's popping or I hear something that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. I might want to do something like that, you know? Um, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kind of explore... Um, the subject matter that I was tackling and then make, make a, like a whole body of work based around that without it really being influenced. Cause I didn't want it to be like, Oh, but do I have a song in here that could be like a hit single? You know, do I have a song in here that could be like a club jam? That, that wasn't what was driving that project. It was just like, do I like what I'm putting out here? 
um, and do I like it as as a complete song? You know, from the production to to the writing to to like the the rhyme scheme to the flow, my cadence, everything, uh, and just looking at it like point by point, and then making sure it creates a whole body of work, right? Yeah. That that is true to me, and, and that I enjoy. Yeah, eh, it's it's weird because there's a fine line too. Because um, I had a conversation with this dude. Uh, his name is Russell. He's also a rapper, mm-hmm. and I think there's a huge fallacy that some of some people, maybe maybe in an older generation, or maybe just artists in general, sometimes like we forget to also consume art, mm-hmm. and so because we're scared that we're going to either steal stuff or sometimes it just comes from a very hateful place. Mm-hmm. So what I always say to like, <laughs> fuck this like, guy. fuck this guy. I don't want to <laughs> listen to this shit. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's like with food, right? How do you know what good food is if you haven't tasted great food? Absolutely. And, and you, and you could sit here and judge somebody else's dishes, judge what somebody else is making at a different restaurant. Who's doing really, really well and say that that shit is trash. But how would you know, unless you tasted it for sure, you wouldn't know. For sure. So I, I always try to, try to find that good balance of, you know, making sure that I'm not taking too much, but also appreciating. But because I have to remember, I have to be a consumer first. I have to appreciate art first before I even try to create it. No, for sure. For sure. And that's, that's the student aspect of it. You you need to study that shit. Whatever your craft is, you got to study that shit. All the greats who came before you, right? They're, they're greats and they're legendary for a reason. So that part I completely agree with you. You have to understand what is great, what makes it great and why it's timeless from there though is, and, and what I meant by like when I quarantine myself from, from like the music, I mean, I mean like new music, mm-hmm. uh, shit that was popping right then at that moment. Yeah. I didn't want to be influenced by what's trendy right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I want to take what kind of it's, it's like, encompasses your whole journey as an artist almost right because up to that point everything that you've done everything that you've consumed everything that you learned everything you practiced on or whatever it comes out in that one project and then the same in the next project and the same in the next project. and then so like i just wanted to make sure that it was true to me and as pure as i could be as unadulterated as possible uh as as possible as it can be you know yeah do you do you miss performing music Dude, all the time, man. Really? I fucking hate performing out here. <laughs> I fucking hate performing. Like even like stand up. Yeah. I, I I get the uh I get that itch every now and then, right? Yeah. And then I'll go to a club or whatever, or I'll go to a college and then I'll set up a stand like small little college tour to do stand up. Yeah. But then once that itch is scratched, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, man. It's it's unexplainable kind of like that stage high. You know, uh, of like, I just want to be a hype man, dude. I just want that. <laughs> I just want that. I want that one fucking white towel on my shoulder, and I just want to fucking say some shit. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want you to say a word, and then I'm gonna say a word right after. Yeah. Bitches. Hey, Popeye's chicken. That's all I want to do. I want the one white fucking towel. That's um, it. Yeah, I mean. But it's it kind of goes in tandem though. It's like it's not just a performance thing, but also creating content too, right? Yeah. You got to have something to perform, and so I deeply miss both aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, like even with the music thing, um, you know, I, I've told you this before, but you know, when I dropped the Life Imitates Art EP, the plan was to release three more um, EPs within a year. That mm-hmm. was kind of the timeline. And then so like even after I had wrapped up um, Life Imitates Art, like uh, Jeff and I, uh, we were already starting to work on kind of what's next. But what had happened was 
my creative tank just was on empty, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't realize it. I just thought I, I hit like a creative wall, uh, which happens, right? Yeah. But my process through that has always been, I'm just going to force my way out of this. Just keep bulldozing through that wall. And then at some point, you're going to pick back up. You're going to find that rhythm again. But dude, just like months and months and months of unfinished songs, you know, one verse, two verse, uh, a hook, no verse, right? Half a hook. And I'm like, dude, I can't fucking finish anything. And and none of it is when I look back at it, I'm like, okay, this can become something. I'm just like, ah, I think I want to rewrite that. Were verse. you listening to a lot of music at the time? I think I was consuming more at that point once once yeah. I realized I wasn't getting out of this rut just to feel more inspired. And and here's the thing too, man, is that even though hip hop is my favorite genre, that's the genre that I listen to least when I'm listening to music leisurely. Yeah. I listen to all different other or all different um types of genres of music. And so, you know, I, I would like listen to music that I, I would like to um or I, not like I, that I would think that I might be inspired by um, and then searching for kind of like obscure shit to maybe I could draw something from here, draw something from there. But nah, dude, it, it just it just became really stagnated. And then it got to the point where I'm like, all right, I need to just take a break from it. You yeah. know, and that was the first break I ever took from music since I think I was like 16. Art is just a weird career to go into. There is nothing that really dictates there's no consistency. Yeah, you know? there is. There's no blueprint. There's yeah. no path. There, there's some people who are just really good at just constantly creating, mm -hmm. and there's just a that's a small few, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But there's other people who just you know who kind of flow into this art realm, but they're more business people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've seen people who are more successful in in the art realm, but if but you look at their art and it's very whatever, and it's very mundane, but they're very consistent at what they do. Yeah, you know, and so they can kind of balance both pieces, mm -hmm. right? Like I'll use a great example is like somebody like Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. You know, Kevin Hart, he's a hard ass fucking worker. You know, he created this huge company. He's probably the number one comedian out there. Uh, does does anybody look at Kevin Hart and say he is the funniest man alive? Probably not, mm -hmm. right? But I don't know if that's ever his goal, uh, if that's what he wants to do. But he's somebody that I think has, is a good balance of his funny and his art and his business. You yeah. Because yeah. nobody's ever going to look at Kevin Hart and say, yo, he was the closest thing to Chappelle. Mm -hmm. He was the closest thing to, to Louis C.K. He was the closest thing to Bill Burr, um, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. He, I don't know if he's within that conversation when it comes to comedy. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not a knock on him. That's just people who are here, you know. But at the same time, those people never built empires like Kevin Hart did. Yeah. You know, so he, he, he has that really he could pump out content constantly so when i when i first met kevin hart first first of all really nice guy like uh super nice dude makes eye contact when he talks to you just a very really busy guy but just watching him work and seeing how busy he is he's always on his phone texting somebody doing something else even before he was about to hit the stage so i did this small sketch with him where it was for his lol network yeah and we did this um it was this fucking stupid sketch. It's basically where he had to critique a bunch of my nude photos. Mm -hmm. And so, he, uh, he, you know, it was fucking funny. The dude yeah. was cracking up the whole time. But he shot this right before he was about to do a stand-up show. <laughs> Huge fucking stand-up show. Yeah. Like at the at the, at the Pasadena whatever. Uh -huh. And we're, we're sitting there and I'm like, he's about to go up on stage in about 10 minutes yeah. or like 15 minutes. And he shot this sketch with me in like eight or seven. Yeah. And then he goes up on stage and kills it. Uh -huh. It's like, damn. I, I think if I was going to do a show... 
I don't think I want to fucking see anybody. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, right. But he's shooting all these sketches right before he's about to he go up. He could compartmentalize. Yeah, I don't know how he fucking does that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because I don't have that in me. I'm, I'm more like... I'm not feeling good. <laughs> and I got to get in the zone, guys. I got to stop. I got to eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich and see what happens, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it, it's it's weird because people do ask, how, how do you balance this out? And it's hard to say because when I was, when I first started off in specifically the YouTube space, I had to force creativity all the time, mm -hmm. specifically because I was always scared that um, if I don't create something, I'm going to disappear, which that fear is still there. And that truth is still there, specifically mm -hmm. in the way content is consumed now. For sure. If you're not always doing something, you're not on somebody's platform, you're not working and people don't see your face, they forget about you that very fucking next day. And the only drive that I have now is to make sure that not, not so much that people will remember me is that I hate seeing other Asian comics that are fucking trash that are doing well. I hate, I fucking hate it. I absolutely fucking hate it, man. Yeah. And they're recycling all these old jokes that I've made. Like I've, I've literally go online and I see these jokes. It's like, that was literally word for word, a joke that I made uh -huh. and the fucking video goes viral. And I'm like, it's not the fuck Or I'll see something that Bart and Joe did. Yeah. And then these other, you know, obviously these Asian kids grew up watching me, Bart and Joe their whole lives and mm -hmm. they're recycling our jokes, mm -hmm. but they're putting it in TikTok form or, yeah. or some shit. And I'm like, the fuck is this? Different platform. Different platform. Like, yeah. fuck these kids, dude. <laughs> you know, but I understand that. Like for them, I, I get it because it's like, if we were influencing their life, it's going to happen. Just at least change it up a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, take, take the influence don't take the fucking jokes you yeah know? but so like for you then if there's that worry of you know con like that creativity well running dry mm -hmm. right what what would you kind of shift into then if let, let's say hypothetically prostitution dude <laughs> yeah i suck some dick dude i'm fucking good at that shit because <laughs> i'm sure because i'm sure you've had had those moments where you think about that you know it's like uh, if, if this this path doesn't continue to um be a clear path for me like what do i transition into from there shit i don't even know i don't i've never really thought about that like i've uh i mean obviously i opened up a bunch of businesses so yeah. you know that's always going to be the, the fail safe right uh -huh. um and the only reason why i thought about doing that was because i like food yeah but even that was driven by by an artistry thing mm -hmm. you know i don't know the business side that's why i have business partners that mm -hmm. on they own way more than i do because i'm just there for the the, the branding side mm -hmm. um dealing with the food part and that's really about it that's mm -hmm. what i'm good at yeah but i don't know to be you know there was a time too when somebody even asked me what would happen if you know when you were doing youtube and youtube the next day was shut down what would you be doing i don't fucking know mm. it wouldn't be my whole world though because i've seen these funny ass clips of, <laughs> it's like these like 14 year olds or 15 year olds their account got banned and they do a whole youtube video bawling their eyes out like i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life like, little bitch shut the fuck up well that's the weird like i i always want people to understand this too if you are making your career is not your life it's not it's always going to be you have any idea how many times people have changed their careers and their lifespan yeah if your whole life is based on your work you're going to be fucked when work is over especially when it comes to a time when you have to retire well, not even have to, when you choose to retire, yeah. well, you're not that cool thing. When you're not that pretty little thing out there, well, you're not the funniest person out there. That's a scary, scary thought for people because they don't even see that. They, they make their career their whole life and that's yeah. all they see. Yeah. They make public perception their whole life. They make popularity uh, uh, a factor in how happy they are. Mm -hmm. And when all that stuff is taken away, they don't know what to do. Yeah. When I see these videos of some, some younger people and not even younger people, I'm talking kids in their 20s. They, I don't know, they get banned from a certain platform because they did a little too much 
you know, mm-hmm. trying to get views mm-hmm. and they start breaking down and crying. They go, what am I going to do? What's, you know, what's, what's life? It's like, bitch, move on. It's because, you know, at there we're, we're in a kind of a time and culture where these kids place value in things that are so superficial and that are so temporary, you know? Look at Twitter, for example. Twitter is the worst example of it all. Sometimes I, I go on Twitter and I follow specific people because I want to see what kind of bullshit somebody's going to complain about today, <laughs> right? And there's this, there there is this toxic relationship that a lot of people have on Twitter and social media platforms. It's like, what kind of extra woke, stupid shit am I going to talk about today just so I get an extra heart? Yeah. Right? They're like, let's normalize this. Let's do... They, they say these things not because they believe it. They say it because they know that the general crowd is going to back them and the more hearts that they get on this fucking tweet yeah. is going to make them feel like they're an important person. Yeah. And that's why a lot of this activism online is a bunch of bullshit because none of you are out there actually doing stuff if, unless there was a camera, mm-hmm. if, unless there was a post to say that you're a fucking great human being mm-hmm. and, has, and it has to do with virtue signaling. And so... That's why even now, like, for example, let's just talk about this, right? There's this dude named uh, recently that happened. His name is Jacob Blake, right? He was shot seven times in the back. Yeah. And there was a bunch of things that came out. They go, oh, he was, a, I don't know. I, I mean, I read somewhere that they were saying that he had a, he had priors or whatever, but, which is always besides the point. Right, People right. love to bring that shit yeah. up, right? He was breaking up a fight with these two women cops got involved and they were tussling around and so with the blurry footage cell phone footage they said that he was wrestling the cops to me i i don't know it, it looked like he was breaking up that fight and then the cops got involved and they were all just kind of wrestling together and he got up mm-hmm. went outside and supposedly he went to go he opened up the door and the cops were quote unquote trying to stop him mm-hmm. which they weren't they just stop him with bullets exactly so they just <laughs> drew guns and he was walking back to his door to his car very slowly mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was running towards it yeah like he was going to grab for something and they had ample enough time to stop him tackle him take him down arrest him or something but instead what they did was he walked to his door they grabbed at his tank top and they shot him in the back seven times yeah and now he's alive but he's paralyzed Mm -hmm. so you know with this type of stuff this is arguably just as terrible as george floyd's situation right and when the blm movement started happening because of the george floyd situation yeah and what i'm trying to say is that with this situation with this guy jacob blake you didn't even hear about it Mm -hmm. like the social currency is gone. Yeah. People aren't getting their social currency from it. Yeah. And so they don't want to say anything or either that or they're exhausted or tired. I understand, you know, we all get emotionally exhausted when we continue to do these things because it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. But where's that same fucking energy? Is it because you don't see the million tweets? Is it because you don't see all of that stuff that yeah. you don't want to talk about this anymore? Yeah. And and that's the sad part. I, I don't want to hear shit from somebody who, like, for example, uh, I, I got a, I rem- well, I fucking roasted this girl on Instagram yeah. because she, uh, she was like, well, where are you at when it comes to all these Asian American uh, issues? Mm-hmm. And I fucking roasted this. I was like, first of all, young bitch, <laughs> you don't know me like that. Yeah. Number two, I am the last person you could ever say that to. You must not know who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny thing, too. It's like for her, she wanted the virtue signaling thing of me calling out a social media, quote unquote, star. And I put him on blast. Mm-hmm. That's what she wanted from that conversation, yeah. which was so stupid because if she did a little bit of research, she would know who the fuck I am. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I don't think you understand in my case. And I'm not just tooting my own fucking horn. I 
there's a lot of people who came before a lot of these younger kids that were Asian Americans that stood up for shit before we even got praise for it. Mm-hmm. We didn't get praise for this shit. I had to get a bunch of these comments. Oh, why are you trying to act black? Why do you do all, all this other stuff? You don't get those comments, kids, because I was the one taking those bullets for mm-hmm. you. So you don't get to say that shit to me. Mm-hmm. But the reason why she did that and she didn't care to look up who I was is because she wanted to be praised for calling somebody out. Yeah. She didn't do that because she actually cared about the Asian American community. Yeah. She did that shit because she wanted a pat on the fucking back. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it. I yeah. fucking hate that shit. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky thing, man. I mean, like you said, which the point you alluded to about people do anything for likes, you know? It's that, sad. It is sad. It's, it's, it's fucking terrible. And, and it's uh, no wonder why so many people get depressed. Yeah. It's, it's like you put your value in that. You put your self-worth in that. And you don't get what you're hoping for or expecting. And then you, as a result, you just feel obliterated and empty. It's like, what, why why are you seeking value and worth in, in just this? It's fleeting. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so temporary and so quick, right? It's like a high. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a fucking line of yay, man. You, you might be on cloud nine for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But once that high dies down, you're going to need more. And I'm going to start calling some of these other people on their bullshit too because mm. there's, you know, certain people who were on this space before where they were they were very preachy about doing stuff for the art. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they're complaining that they're not getting enough views. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, those two things are very fucking separate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were yeah. just only doing this for the art. And by the way, I'm not like that either. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I do it for, you know, I wanted, I only put up stuff if I personally find it funny mm-hmm. or if it's a topic that I want to talk about. But there's a reason why it gets views. I understand these type of things, but I only do it to a certain extent. I'm not sitting here denying that when I was, when I first started out YouTube, I wasn't trying to find out what was going to pop off. Yeah. Like these topics that I were talking, that I was talking about, I was thinking, avidly thinking like, okay, what is going to be really funny? What, what do people want to hear? I I was in that position before, Mm -hmm. but some, sometimes too, it's like they're, they were the ones that were criticizing the youth about only doing things for likes when they're in that same group too. They just don't want to admit it. Right. You know, and it's, it's dumb. Like you can't criticize these young kids for stuff that you're still doing now. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they chose not to evolve in this space. Yeah, their shit don't smell. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, <laughs> that's it's, how, that's the mentality. It's sad. Yeah. It, you, you, you can't, you can't base your whole career off of what other people think. It, it goes absolutely nowhere. It's the same thought that I have about money now. When I, there was a certain point when, when I was on YouTube and all I thought about was putting as much videos as I can, working as much just so I could stack all these chips and yeah. make a shit ton of fucking money. What did that do for me? It did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I found out that number one, I didn't care about an absorbent amount of money. Number two, I understood. Understand, listen, I'm not saying I don't like money. Like, you know, you know what I mean? like your boy, your boy likes money. Yeah, you know I mean, I like being comfortable. I mm-hmm. like not worrying about my next paycheck. Yeah. I, I'm talking about the means beyond that, mm-hmm. right? Fancy cars, uh, the nicest shoes out there, the nicest clothes out there, flexing, you know, flexing on grandma about the shit that I have. That's the type of stuff I could literally care less about. Yeah. And sometimes when I have conversations with friends who um who have a shit ton of money that are like gajillionaires and you know they they work really hard and they're trying to talk to me about material things and I'm sitting there just with just day dozing off because I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's like, yo, man, I just got this fucking McLaren, I got this and that. Yeah. It's like it's fucking sick, right? And I look at them, I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm not hating on your car, yeah, but you're yeah. talking about shit that I have I find 
absolutely no fucking value in. Yeah. You know, because there was a certain point when I made a lot of money, I bought a lot of dumb shit and it didn't fill anything for me. I yeah. was like, yo, I just wasted a lot of money. But we had that conversation too. It's because, you know, your starting point though, you yeah. know, if you're coming from a, a financial background where you didn't have everything or you didn't have a lot of things even of, of, of what you wanted and then you got a little taste of money and, and kind of like that freedom to, to purchase these things that you weren't able to purchase before. I feel like everybody goes through that, you know? Yeah. And you're like, it's not because you're necessarily trying to flex. It's more like- I'm gonna have everything that I want. Yeah, I like I, I worked this hard. This is something that I want and that I can realistically afford. I'm gonna do this as a reward to myself or reward for myself. But then, like you said, after you've kind of scratched that itch, it's just like, eh. I mean, yeah, it was nice buying something for myself. It was nice having those nice things, but it didn't change my life in any I way. I wish somebody would told me Jordan 1s were the most uncomfortable <laughs> shoe ever. And them motherfuckers are the nicest looking kicks. Yeah, hands so down. uncomfortable. But when you got like just regular size feet, if it's not like a skinny width, that shit, you wear that an hour and you're done. That's about it. I've seen people with the fattest feet wear Jordan 1s and they look like fucking uh, what, what skate shoes after. Because yeah, they got such fat feet. It's yeah. like, don't. Stretches out the leather. I'm like, bro, did you stuff socks in those? <laughs> it's like, nah, man, that's just my regular street fighter feet. <laughs> fucking puzzle fighter ass street fighter feet and stuff like weird man yeah i mean it's you know materialism i mean to each their own right some people get huge satisfaction from that and and they feel um fantastic by buying themselves these nice things um i mean people like you and i are not so much in that camp yeah We're just kind of like like i told you before man like for me i get excited about going grocery shopping, filling up my fridge, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. When I open my fridge and I have a full fridge, that shit makes me feel fulfilled. Yeah. Like that shit makes me feel like like full inside. Yeah. When I fill, fill up a full tank of gas, same type of feeling, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, these are just basic things where I'm like, you know what? My basic needs are met and I don't have to worry about that. I don't yeah. have to worry about if I got enough food in my fridge or if I got enough, yeah. you know, to eat and drink. I don't have to worry about, oh, can I afford a full tank of gas to to get to where I need to get to, Mm -hmm. you know? Those basic things, man, I I know it might sound like stupid, but that's just how I'm programmed. When I have those things, my basic needs being met like that, I just feel fulfilled because there were times when things were a struggle, you know? And so I appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. And then so when I am able to buy myself a a nice thing and I I don't really buy things too much, but once in a while I want something. Like for example, my most, I would say big purchase that I've met uh, that made in like the past year, electric scooter. I got it during last Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I got it for like a buck 50. It was like a big sale. But do, did I need that? No, I yeah. didn't. But I rode the electric scooter enough to to know that I enjoy it and, and I have fun with it. And I'm like, I got to pay eight, 10 bucks each time I ride this, like the lift scooters or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it and then I'll, I'll, I'll wear it out in like a year or two, but I'll yeah. get my money's worth. Yeah. You know, having the freedom and ability to do things like that also feels good. But if I didn't get that scooter, would it impact my life negatively? No, I wouldn't be like, oh man, I feel so empty now that I can't have you know this thing that I want. It's like, nah, I got a full fridge and yeah. a full tank of gas 
clothes on my back, roof over my head. I'm yeah. good, man. Like perspective is a huge thing. And you know, I, I think sometimes people believe that money might change you, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I, I don't really believe that stuff. Yeah. I think if you were a shit person to begin with, oh, yeah. that's just who you are. It now just you just exaggerate that. Yeah. You know? now, just, now you could literally be an asshole and yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You, you chose not to be even a bigger asshole because you were so fucking broke that you were worried you know, about your paycheck that was coming in. So yeah. you kind of kept your mouth shut. But now that you don't have to worry about that shit, your worst qual- the worst qualities about yourself that people can't check you on anymore, you're just saying whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And I think that's what people are finding out about because um, Ellen, mm-hmm. you hear about Ellen just having a- Yeah. Ellen has been getting a lot of fucking heat. For sure. Heat, She's been right? taking a lot of heat, man. And I don't, I personally, I didn't even know what that shit was about until mm-hmm. recently because I, you know- everybody's been getting canceled, but but <laughs> yeah. then Ellen's been getting so much heat consistently. Mm-hmm. I started to, you know, I got a little curious about what's going on, but yeah. there was a lot of sexual harassment allegations from her staff, specifically her producers mm-hmm. where they were, <laughs> I guess one of them, I think it was a male producer. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, I think he's a uh, LGBT mm-hmm. and he, <laughs> He grabbed somebody's dick or something oh, like that, man. or some bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, yo, well, how the fuck do you get away with this stuff? You just yeah. walk up and just swipe a dick, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> hey there, buddy. Like, how how secure in your job do you have to be to come up, grab dick, and be like, yeah. I'm still gonna work tomorrow. Yeah, like, that's fucking nuts to me. You know, or played off as a joke. Ah, I got you. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and there was like sexual advancements. I guess there was some intimidation tactics too. They would mm. they would kind of treat interns very unfairly and kind of make them feel that they're gonna lose their job the next day. Mm. Which isn't very great for company culture or for morale, sure, for sure. And I think her her response was to number one, obviously, do a public apology, saying like this isn't what my company. I, I thought my company was was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she fired those three people within her company. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people started to feel that those are just scapegoats. Like yeah. you're you're kind of appeasing people, firing these human beings when you are responsible for your company. Yeah, I mean, because it kind of trickles from the top down, right? Is yeah, you can't say that you were completely oblivious to what was going on. Yeah. When and it's your fucking show yeah and you're the boss you yeah. know um yeah sure you got people under you to take care of the day-to-day stuff but to say i had no idea this type of stuff was going on um i think that's a little bit far-fetched you know yeah uh, it's, it's hard i mean definitely when your company grows it's hard to uh kind of keep up with the day-to-day stuff yeah. right but when it's the whole company as a whole as a whole they feel this way mm-hmm. like a majority of the employees and like mm-hmm. how distant are you from your company where you're where you can also put out a statement and say that my goal in this company was to make sure this was a positive environment well how, how the fuck can you say that when you're not involved into in, in anything exactly how it's you? been going on for quite a while apparently yeah, yeah. So. well and then she's also been getting heat like herself right kind of her behavior and uh um, oh, what they say about that uh just that she's not a nice person <laughs> that she's that. done a lot of <laughs> yeah a lot of mean things to people um and and it it kind of goes against the whole uh tv image and persona that they've built her as right this this fun loving generous you know very approachable type personality in person yet she's very um i guess uh I don't know what the word for it would be. Um, I don't want to say evil, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely just just not a not a nice person, man. <laughs> I mean, that's also the public's fault too, because it's weird when sometimes people see this persona and they go and they meet that person and they say, "Well, you're not like how you are on TV." It's like 
I mean, I say this consistently. Some of the most likable people you'll meet out there are some of the wor- most worst <laughs> human beings you'll ever get to know. Yeah. Because likability doesn't mean that you're a good human being. No. And there's a huge distinction and people don't understand that. There's people who are likable because they're snakes, they're fucking foxes, and they do that because they want to get something out of you. They mm. know that. They understand that, they're, that they're, if they're cordial with you, that they can receive something out of this relationship Mm -hmm. those are likable human beings Mm -hmm. they understand social context they understand how to make you feel good however that doesn't mean that you're a good person right completely different and that's the case for for ellen you see this online persona and then you find out something else about them it's like well you don't fucking know her personally Mm -hmm. she could be a terrible person why even be shocked by that exactly And, and that's the difference is that a public persona doesn't mean it's a private persona Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um and like i think a lot of times people mistaken what they're seeing as oh that's who they are as a person that's who i know this person and like you said no a lot of times you don't know shit (laughs) you don't yeah you You absolutely don't shit (laughs) i think uh it's funny mariel's best friend said that uh she kind of figured how different people can be on and off camera when mm-hmm. she met me. Because mm-hmm. when she found out that Mariel was going to date me, she assumed that I was going to be this super loud, obnoxious guy. Yeah. She's like, you're actually very, very sweet. I was like, yeah, of course. Like, this is, <laughs> you, you <think laughs> of I'm, course I am, bitch. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying, a skank? No. Well, it's, it's not. And it's I understand. Yeah. Because it happens a lot too sometimes with these fan interactions and this is very few and far between and people like these terrible fan meetup stories but i'll give you one for an example mm-hmm. there was um there was a kid who um i don't know if it's because actually i do know it's because he sees these rant videos right and i'm just hyper opinionated about stuff and it's it's in this three or three to four minute clip mm-hmm. and during that time on youtube people had a very short attention span for content so it was old stamp that i would do and i would chop it up or whatever and so I'm sitting there and I remember uh, meeting this dude up. He was out of college and this guy is just screaming nonstop. Just like, yo, man. Yeah, man. I, f- I, fuck, I fucking feel you with that. She's screaming. And, and you could tell when somebody says something that it's really not them. You know, they're, they're, they're putting up this persona to either appease you or kind of mirror your, your behaviors. Yeah. And I just looked at him. I was like, hey, why are you screaming so much? Yeah. I was like, man, you scream too. I was like, yeah, in videos, bitch. <laughs> Why are you screaming at me I right now? I don't talk like this on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, you know? and I'm just sitting there, just just really awkward interaction. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, like, I was just trying to be like you, man. Like, I, I want to be you. I was like, if you want to be me, shut the fuck up. Like, just relax. Relax. <laughs> Those are comedy videos. They're yeah. in that three-minute space where I chop up a bunch of jokes. Mm-hmm. You're having a conversation with me as a human being. And trust me, I know what it's like to freak, uh, freak out when you meet somebody that you enjoy. I'm yeah. not saying that doesn't happen to mm-hmm. me. Like when I, when I've met people that I liked and I talked about the story where I met Tatiana Ali mm-hmm. for the first time, yeah. I held her hand for like a solid minute and I, I didn't <laughs> let go because I freaked the fuck out. I freaked out. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. It, it was at this club event and it was super dark yeah. and I didn't know who she was. And then, uh, my buddy introduced me to her and I was like, yo, this, this is Tatiana. And I held her hand. I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I froze. I fucking froze and I held her hand and she was just smiling, still holding my hand and then kind of ties like, Hey, nice to meet. And I, and I just kind of looked at her just with my mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> you got shook. I got shook. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I'm shaking the hands of Tatiana Ali. Yeah. You have any idea how many times 
I've masturbated to you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that exact hand this that you're ex- holding this, right this now. This exact hand. I have masturbated to you so much. And she shook my hand. Uh-huh. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. So I understand what it's like to meet you know somebody that you enjoy or mm-hmm. somebody you enjoyed watching so i'm not any better but fuck man like just screaming in my face for like a solid minute yeah. was what did you expect how, how was i supposed to feel yeah. you know well that's when you fail to kind of be self-aware yeah it's like i was there yeah it's like people don't talk like that bro in real life come on yeah. man and if like, they do they're fucking psychotic yeah who just yells non-stop in a normal conversation yeah and trying to you know Talk about normal things. It's <laughs> dropping fucking F. I mean, I, I curse a lot too, but he yeah. was just, I think he said fuck 30 times in, ten, in a 10 second span. And just like, God, man, what's what's going on? I just felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to kill me. Yeah. It's like, hey, buddy, I don't really like your nervous energy right yeah. now. It's making me nervous. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to put you down if you yeah. keep this up, you know? Fucking Ellen DeGeneres, though, like... I, when I when I when I look at that situation and I hear about all these terrible stories, you know, first of all the uh, the work culture, which is terrible, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure there's a ton of people out there who's had a terrible work culture, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, it it, may, it doesn't make you you have to you spend so much of your time at work, and if you have to walk into that situation every day. I, I, I would just fucking leave. And yeah. there was, I think there was a story that I read where somebody didn't, there was some issues like race issues and she decided just to leave work. She decided just to quit her job on the spot, mm-hmm. which is terrible. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she has to know everything about the day to day about her company. Mm-hmm. But if there's a lot of people coming out talking about, like you said, her behavior mm-hmm. and how mean and intimidating she is, I guess, mm-hmm. which I, when you said that, I kind of remember, yeah, I guess like somebody mentioned that, Something. I mean, I think she denied it though. She said that people aren't allowed to look at her in the eye or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like they, can't, they can't look at her in the yeah. eye or something. And she said that's the most ridiculous thing uh, that she's ever heard. Uh-huh. But I don't know. That's kind of specific. Hey man, some of these celebrities, bro, they're on some weird shit, man. They're on some other shit, you know. Um, I, I, and I wouldn't put it past them because their life is so far from reality. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's so far from reality, and what that does to one's psyche and and their perspective on the world, I could only imagine. You know what I mean? Like. You pretty much have all the no's in the world turn into yeses. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing you cannot get. You know, uh, there's no man or woman you cannot lay with, whatever your preference is. Yeah. You know, um, so when you have that, I mean, imagine how much that warps just kind of your your perspective on life and mm-hmm. reality in general. You know, um, so have you, have you ever had like a shit boss? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I've, for me, I'm, I'm always a very vocal person and I'm not, I don't shy away. (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) I don't shy away from confrontation. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely got into it, you know, with the higher ups. Um, but it's never a thing of like, it's just me being disrespectful. Like, no, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. It's not that type of shit. It, It has to like violate my values or on some level where mm-hmm. I, I deeply disagree with what's being said or what's being done or a mixture of both. And then I'll say my piece with it. And I don't mind or I, I never minded risking losing my job over it. Yeah. Like if that's the case, then so be it. My whole thing is I'm talking about this not only for myself, but for everybody else here to, to just make sure that this workplace is a healthy like um, 
a healthy work culture and a healthy environment yeah. for, for all the employees. Um, so yeah, I've plenty of times, plenty of times where, you know, bump heads and then, uh, shit one time man i almost got into like a fist fight with a manager in the middle, oh, really? in the middle of the office yeah because what do you do um or we, we got into it was a dude yeah we got into it and then he started saying some things that were more personal attacks and like I, what i don't remember exactly but he, he, yeah, fuck your mom <laughs> yeah hold on, just, bro. yeah exactly the so, hell well not not in not that per se but but something along those lines like something that would be more of a personal attack than it just remaining work and business um and i was getting like extremely angry and i was like oh if this motherfucker keeps at this level i'm gonna i'm gonna bank this motherfucker right now but it didn't get there um but yeah i mean it's it's uh that's like I said, I don't I don't shy from confrontation. So if somebody is uh, stepping on my toes, I've only had like... one bad boss. Oh really? And the worst fucking human being ever, dude. And I call her mom. <laughs> that bitch. Well, was why, ass. Do you, why do you call her mom? Because it was my actual mom. <laughs> <laughs> she would oh, boss me around. Man. She would say some personally offensive shit. Of she course. would follow me to my house and then yell at me in my course, house too. Man. Fuck that lady. <laughs> such thing as hr with that shit bro i didn't have hr you, yeah. know, you know what hr was what? like my mom would wear a hat yeah. and then she goes you want to talk to hr then she turn her hat backwards <laughs> she goes welcome to hr bitch nobody gives a fuck about what you think <laughs> dog i used to hate working at my parents store all the time i had to work at my parents store like fridays and saturdays mm. which is the days you're supposed to have fucking right, fun right and my brother never really had to work at the store because he was the golden child so uh, my parents always he's the firstborn so yeah fuck that shit all right he met, I had to work at the store all the fucking time. And yeah. I just remember, I remember one time I brought it up and my mom was like, because my brother wasn't a lot of after school programs, mm-hmm. which he really fucking wasn't. Because mm-hmm. I, I had some after school programs that I wasn't allowed to go to, mm-hmm. but I had to go work at the store. <laughs> and I told my mom, I'm like, hey, how come, how come my brother's not here? Why am I always working? Yeah. Right. And then she looks at me and she literally says this. She goes, it's because you're dumb. <laughs> Oh man, you're not special, David. Don't you she know? She goes, your brother's gonna, your brother's over here studying and stuff. All you do is get in fights. You're dumb. What do you, what do you need to go to school for on the week? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up, man. Oh man, that's hilarious. But now I feel you on that because, like, um, you know, sometimes on weekends too, um, you know, I'd go help my pops at the store, and uh, like one time, um, you know, he was in a place in Compton, and it would be so funny because, like. You see the same dudes come in throughout the day, mm-hmm. but they're progressively getting more and more drunk. You know, <laughs> so, so the it's the weekend, so they're like, "Hey, it's time for some fucking Modelo Negro." You mm-hmm. know, it's time for some cervezas. Um, and then they start maybe at like twelve p.m. and then they come back in at like three, and then they're like, you know, a little bit red, mm-hmm. and then they come back in at five. They're more red. And then, like, they come back in at seven. And by then, they're just slurring their words. And I'm like, damn, dude, how many guys are at your fucking place? Because each time they come, they're buying, like, a 24-pack, a 36-pack. And I'm like, you are coming back pretty fucking often. So you see, like, all these all these different types of characters who have their vices. There was this old man who used to come in every three hours to buy scratchers. And God come, damn. Yeah, he was super addicted to it. Hey, young man. Win? Yeah, uh, he he would win sometimes, you know, okay. of course. But uh, it was very nice, so I didn't really like 
Look at it like, oh, look at this mm-hmm. fucking degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, man, let me get a, a few of those. I got so many stories about the most funniest customers. There was this dude that used to come in all the time. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, he was like a he was like a crackhead, blind cartoon character. It's <laughs> it's hard to describe. Okay, this is what he looked like. Yeah. Number one, I've never seen him not wear overalls. Okay. Always wore overalls. Yeah. Sometimes a t-shirt under there, sometimes yeah. not. Uh-huh. Well, summertime, no t-shirt under his overalls. <laughs> I'm not sure he had underwear on him. Uh-huh. But he would always have a fucking stick and yeah. a bag tied at the end of it. Like a, like, like like, a hobo? Like a hobo cartoon character. What the fuck? He had a glass eye. Uh-huh. And I think it's because he, either it was glass eye or it was, he had glaucoma, but it was like that milky eye he would come in and he had something his tongue was all fucked up uh-huh. so I don't know what it was I think it's because he would like chew on his tongue oh. when he was like cracked the fuck uh-huh. out so he would suck up his voice and he was kind of like this uh. so you would kind of like this <laughs> and so my dad never had any problems with people coming into the store even yeah. if they were cracked out or whatever as long as they weren't going to steal shit he was fine right yeah. so this dude comes in and he had his hobo stick with the uh, with the with the little bag tied at the end of it I'm going to just say it's red just because I think it's cute let's say like a little red bag tied at the end of it and he comes in and my dad stops him uh-huh. and he tells him hey you can't come into the store with a stick he goes, why can't I come in he goes what well, because I'm black he you do it you tell me I can't come in because I'm black he started making it and my dad's like everybody's black this is a black beauty supply store you know he goes oh so you gonna call the police I do it for you opens up the door and he just goes police police there's a black man in this store just freaking the fuck out I'm not even exaggerating this is legit what happened and he he did this a couple of times Uh but he would just crack the fuck out one time I shit you fucking not Where, damn you this is a fucking funny memory by the way it was it was in summer i remember it was hot as shit mm. and i already saw him at the mcdonald's across the street that mm-hmm. just opened up at the time <laughs> he walked in in a trench coat uh-huh. he hid uh, a large mcdonald's drink in the sleeve and uh-huh. i'm there ordering ordering my food yeah. and i see the dude in his overalls with the fucking um <laughs> it's like that greenish brown uh-huh. color uh-huh. this trench coat it's a hundred something degrees yeah. in Sacramento. Puts the cup in the sleeve that he took out of the garbage can outside. Yeah. Just walks in. Uh-huh. Good morning. <laughs> fills up his drink as if he bought a drink as a refill. Uh-huh. And, you know, the workers are looking at him, but they, they just don't want to deal with the shit. Yeah, and he yeah. gets the drink and he walks outside. Yeah. Right? So I already saw him there. And then when I'm walking on the way back with the McDonald's that I have, <laughs> there's this box. You know, the, the filet fish box, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's open and there's like a half-eaten filet fish in there. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm about to walk inside to the store and there's a car about to park. Yeah. The fucking crackhead that was at the McDonald's was obviously walked back towards this area because this is where he kicks it. This uh-huh. fool runs up to the car. He goes, stop! Before the car comes in, he grabs the fucking filet fish off the floor and starts eating it and just walks off. Oh, he man. goes, Stop! Picks it up, starts eating it. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on oh, with this dude? Man. That dude was nuts. He would he would habitually yeah. on the weekends in blazing hot Sacramento. Sacramento gets like 110 degrees, mm-hmm. 102, 103, pretty regularly during the summer yeah. for about a couple of weeks. It's yeah. pretty consistent. He he would sit cross like like this, uh-huh. put his hands on his knees, sit at the edge of the street, and just start rocking back and forth like this. Rocking back and forth for fucking hours. Clearly, the fuck this, this dude, yeah, hit, oh, didn't have all his marbles, man. He, yeah, he double whammy, getting getting his brain fried from cracker acid and from the weather. Yeah, know? whatever the drug is, it makes you all fucking crazy. But he's just rocking back and forth. Yeah, and hey, what's up, young blood? 
what you doing, young blood? He used to always say that shit. How old was this dude? Uh, he, he was older for okay, sure. Okay, okay. Like 50 plus? Definitely 50 okay. plus. I'm not even sure if he was like, uh, if he was homeless or not. Mm-hmm. Because he would have a new, cha- new like new changes of clothes and he didn't really smell. Mm. So I don't think he was homeless. I think he lived with somebody or he lived in some type of crack house. He was just a crackhead. He was just a crackhead. Just cracked the fuck out. Holy yeah, speaking of crackheads, man, um, this is pretty sad when I saw it. You remember the rapper Nocturnal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Remember remember when they, he had like a good buzz going? You know, he was mm-hmm. fucking with like Missy Elliott, with Dre, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about I see this dude at a fucking Quiznos, man? <laughs> <laughs> with the, like, it would seem like his grandma or something, and the grandma was buying him food. But this dude was like fucking skinny. And and like I wouldn't really have recognized him if if I wasn't into like you know hip hop so much. I looking, I, you know what? K might have been with me that day. You know, is that fucking nocturnal? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think that's fucking nocturnal. I guess he just got fucking cracked out, and that's why his music career fell off. You like oh, I, drugs? Yeah, yeah, I looked into it afterwards. You know. And yeah, it was it was the drugs, like, and that's that's why he fell off. And I'm like, dude, what a fucking shame, man! You had every opportunity to be like that dude in the West Coast. Yeah. Everybody was co-signing, you know. And then he just got heavy into that crack, man. And then uh, now his grandma's buying him Quiznos. That's <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah. And Quiznos is the worst. <laughs> if Quiznos came up to me, I was like, hey, I want to sponsor you. I'd be like, absolutely not. No, I, thank you. I hate your sandwiches. <laughs> Fuck that place, man. I, I like their chicken mesquite, though. With no, no, bacon. Let me tell you something about uh, Quiznos. Quiznos is one of those people. They, you think you're so much better than Subway. You're the same shit. That's what I like about Subway. Subway yeah. doesn't pretend to be something that yeah. they're not. Yeah. Quiznos is like, well, you can get it toasted. Yeah. Bitch, you're still Subway. You're, you're another version of Subway. You know what I fuck with, though? Uh, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is different. Yeah. Jersey Mike's, first of all, Jersey Mike's has a sandwich, right? It's, it's, it's their... Uh, it has all the meats, like yeah. roast beef, turkey, but also has bacon inside it. Yeah. I don't know which one that shit is, but I got <laughs> that shit so much. It's so good. Yeah. Jersey Mike's is legit. And they add their little jardiner in yeah, it too. Yeah. Olive oil. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. probably eat like a quarter of a sandwich, just a little tiny ass. <laughs> I ate the whole, I ate that whole, whole sub, large sub. And I got a large uh, Mrs. Vick's uh, vin- salt and vinegar yeah. chips with that uh-huh. and a large drink. Oh my God delicious <laughs> it is it is i just got some jersey mics the other day hey shout out to jersey mike sponsor the oh, boy jersey right? mics, if you want to sponsor this podcast i will do the best ad for you hands down and we will get everybody to get a jersey mike sub to specifically the sandwich that i get it's so good it's really good yeah now I, you know i actually held off on trying jersey mics for the longest time why I, I, I just didn't think it was gonna be good i don't know why oh, it's delicious yeah it is delicious i tried it actually for the first time this year Oh no no no! Uh, late last year. Oh, you fucked. You you missed out. Yeah, I I have been missing out. I rec- I realized my mistake when I when I took a bite into. You that. ever eat at Arby's before? Yeah, I've never had an Ar- Arby's sandwich before. Well, you're not missing out on. Okay, because <laughs> there's this Arby's in Sacramento that's yeah. like in uh, it's like on Florin Road. It's like uh-huh. a, like kind of like a hood ass area. Yeah, yeah. And it just looks like shit. It does look like shit, but you know what? I ate that when I was a kid. So that's why I still have kind of nostalgia, like, huh? Yeah, yeah, that nostalgic factor there. Their curly fries are legit though, because it's seasoned curly fries. They were rated like the best fries you could get. Yeah, that like shit's that. legit. Their roast beef though, more like roadkill, you know? Oh, really? oh damn, see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ain't, I don't know what the fuck kind of roast beef they're using for that, but um, I load it up with the Arby sauce, and then that's pretty much what I taste. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of that shit though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't I, think I, I don't shit. think too many people are like, yo, I need some Arby's right now. I know one dude, this dude named Alex. He comes uh, on this podcast every now. Alex fucking he fucks with Arby's. He goes, Arby's is fucking fire. I'm like, no, dog, you are I trash. I've never heard anybody say it's fire. Well, that's what that fool says. <laughs> I'm telling you something. His fucking taste buds. <laughs> no, I got. I, never I got a him. homie who hates on Arby's like crazy. He calls it Garby's because he says garbage. That's fucking. Funny. I always hype it up to him though. <laughs> I always say, yo, Arby's is my shit. <laughs> it's so fucking because it gets him so worked up because he hates it so much but i don't i don't really fuck with arby's like hey, i can't eat i don't know I, i've never ever looked at an arby's and say i wanted to eat there All right, you know what me and you were gonna get some arby's maybe next. man if i throw up i throw up it's like fucking yoshinoya in the states yeah right? yeah yoshinoya in the states is disgusting i know man it's it, so disgusting japan on a worse day for their yoshinoya can it's is, is infinitely better than america in its best day it's so good it's so good out yeah there. yeah sukiya beef bowl mm-hmm. uh yoshinoya and then the the one that starts with the m what is it matsuya or well, something like that I yeah know which one you're talking yeah about. yeah it's a chain it's yeah really that's the only one i didn't try but i actually like sukiya's beef bowl the best that shit every time i go to japan i only eat one meal because i'm trying to uh try it like as many different meals as possible but that I will always get at least twice before oh, really? I leave. Yeah, I just make I just do beef balls myself now. That shit's it's pretty easy. Oh really? Yeah, it's super easy. You could do, you could make you could make a uh, gyudon in like fucking five minutes. It's really? that easy. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to teach me the recipe. Then. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make it so fast, and yeah. you could do you know your own variations on it, yeah. however you like it. Yeah. And I just put like right before I cover it up, I throw one little egg and it poaches in there, uh-huh, and uh-huh. then just put it on top. The and- the, the beef is as tender though. Yeah, for sure. You said however long you cook it is going to mm. be how tender it's going to be. Oh, okay. But if you get ribeye, yeah, and then it's super thinly cut, like in the Korean supermarkets, yeah. it's already tender as fuck. Oh, so you're basically using like the the shabu meat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. Okay, because that's what they're doing. It's uh-huh. just we're we're not butchers, so we're not going to yeah, slice true, it up. True. Just go to the Korean market, get that shit, and then you make the sauce, which is just it's um, dashi, mm-hmm. sugar, mm-hmm. mirin, uh, soy sauce, and that's it. Mm. That's all that. Oh, no, and, no and, ginger for you. Oh, ginger if you ginger, garlic, sake, yeah. whatever you want. You yeah, know? and then after that, you're, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Oh, I hate ginger. That was a trick question. <laughs> you hate ginger? <laughs> yeah. You only ginger I, anything? I fucking hate ginger, bro. Really? Yeah. Why? I, I do not like it, man. It's so good, like in like meat, like ginger and garlic. Yeah. No, it's I hate old. ginger, dude. I trash, dude. <laughs> you fucking sitting, dude. You know, like a Korean person doesn't like ginger. I know, I've never heard that in my shit. life. So, like, even in kimchi, when there's a piece of ginger. And I taste it. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Like, it, it ruins my you, mood. You know why you don't like it? Because of the fucking hanyak. Because oh, there's a shit ton of ginger true, in hanyak. True. Yeah, uh, so what, what he's talking about, I was just talking to him about this before the podcast. It's this herbal medicine. And it's like, Asians fucking swear to God, this is like a, a drink of the gods. You know, if, if you drink this thing, you're going to be healthy. You're not ever going to get any like colds or diseases. Like you you become superhuman. So my parents used to fucking try to force feed me this shit. And I got so traumatized from it. Like even the smell of it would get me to yak. So I yacked all the time on this shit, you know, every time. And, and then it's like. They know I'm going to fucking yak, Mm -hmm. but then they still get it again. And I'm like, why the fuck do you keep trying to force me to eat? Because you got to grow more. You got to eat more. I'm like, I'll do that. (laughs) You know? It's like the worst herbal medicine on earth. They, they, it sometimes, but tree bark is in there. Deer antler. 
like maggot butthole. Yeah. There's some weird fucking ingredients and they, you know, it's, it's specifically Eastern medicine that, you know, Ugh. I mean, people swear by it. I mean, there is definitely stuff in there that's used in traditional medicine. Yeah. Right. But yeah. this is like the raw form of it. Dude. And they the, boil it down. Yeah. And it's you drink black it. on top of that. That makes it the worst, it right? Looks, it, it looks like swamp water. Yeah. And, and the smell of it. it oh my God. It stinks up the whole house. Yeah. The smell, the taste, it's fucking bitter, you know? Oh God, man. And one time I told him this too, like I ate, I ate a, a meal and I went to somebody's house who was like grown these type of herbs. As soon as I smelled it, I just yacked. I just yacked on their fucking sidewalk. You know, <laughs> I was like, we were talking about this. I, I, I had that thing where if I see somebody throw up, I throw up immediately. If you throw up in front of me, I'm going to throw up in your mouth. I was telling this. So in, in Sacramento, there's this joint called JJ North and it was a, um, sounds like a porn star's name. It's a, it's, it was this buffet spot called JJ North. People in Sacramento know what's up that they used to be the dopest buffet spot before all the Asian buffets were there and before hometown buffet was mm-hmm. there. And that was a spot that my parents would always take us on a Sunday or we'd be like a special meal. Right. And so we were there. And I remember one time as we were walking out and we were done eating and I just stuffed myself with all that fried chicken and goodness. This kid throws up in front of me and I look at him and I throw up in front of him. And so we just yak in front of each other. And then somebody else behind us saw us yak and that dude yak too. So there was just, <laughs> just a yak party. So everybody threw up at the same time in that restaurant. Uh, I, remember, I, I still remember what my dad said. This fool didn't even feel apologetic. Yeah. He just looks at me. He goes, looks at everybody. Else, he goes, huh, my son is a crazy. <laughs> and he just grabs me and then takes me out. Like I, like I fucked up. Like I did something terrible. It's like I threw up because he threw up. I didn't. What the hell? Oh man, like I don't know. It's something about like other people with sensitive gag reflexes and like who throw up. It just cracks me up, man. I don't know. It just, it just tickles my funny bone, man. Doc, have you ever seen somebody throw up and have it come out their nose? It's disgusting. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody that close while they're throwing up. I was, you hold, know? I was holding up the uh, one, of, one of my homegirl's uh, head when she was throwing up. Uh-huh. And she was in the bathroom mm-hmm. and I had to hold her fucking hair because mm-hmm. all her other girlfriends were fucking wasted. It was mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. She started... I won't say her name. She'll get mad. But she she started throwing up. Mm-hmm. And when she was throwing up, she coughed or sneezed. And she went... <laughs> and then it, it oh, just fucking... God. Shot out her nose. Oh, disgusting, that dude. That is fucking disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, let me tell you a disgusting fucking story. Yeah. Uh, drinking involved. Paul is involved, right? And uh, I, won't, I won't name the dude who... who uh, who got fucked up, but he basically challenged Paul. I think it was like the first time he met Paul. That's a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, terrible fuck. I told him. I said, don't do it. You're going to fucking regret it. And he's like, no, I'm going to go shot for shot with him. All right. That's do your- I know this guy? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you who it is. Okay. Yeah. Who the fuck would challenge Paul to a drinking contest? <laughs> I was like, that's your fucking grave. You're digging your own grave right now. He's like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. I was like, all right. So long story short, of course, he gets fucked up, blacked out, right? And Paul's fine. And then he's like, I'm like, oh, shit, this was going to yak, right? So we're trying to fucking get him to the bathroom. And then, uh, mind you, this is a fucking K-Town bar. You know what the men's bathroom is like disgusting. at a K-Town? Disgusting. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Yak stains, diarrhea stains, pee stains all over the fucking toilet. And it smells exactly like those things I'm describing, right? He gets to the toilet. He puts his hand 
on the fucking toilet and he's yakking in it right i'm like oh and i'm trying to help him out but i'm like oh don't do that though bro come on man like and then and then he puts his arms around what the i'm like fuck? oh god dude this he does is the forearm resting yeah on- the forearm resting on how it how much did he drink i don't know man i mean it's like something that wouldn't even phase paul you know what I mean? But Paul's a fucking... Something's wrong with that guy. Paul drinks a lot. Yeah, that guy's a... I've never seen anything I like I've seen it. Paul... Paul once came over to our apartment, the K-Town one, and he drank like a... We had Sky Vodka for some, for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drank half of that shit. Mm-hmm. No, first he drank... So I'm not sure if you were there, mm-hmm. but we had a bottle of Jameson. He and I just drank it together. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Paul and I, we're like really close friends. He's like yeah. one of my closest friends. Yeah. We're, we're talking, we're chopping it up. I don't know how much I'm drinking. <laughs> and next thing you know, the whole bottle is gone. Yeah. And I just remember realizing, yo, we drank this whole bottle and yeah. then boom, yeah. it hit me. Yeah. What, from what I was told, I was as drunk and I grabbed the uh, djembe, the mm-hmm. African drum, and I was just playing that shit, wasted as fuck, trying yeah. to sing R&B music with a djembe drum. And then they helped me to my room, and then I fucking yacked in yeah, there. Yeah. I didn't know after that, Paul drank with everybody else in the house with this bottle, a huge bottle of Sky Vodka, yeah. and he, everybody got smashed, and then Paul was fine. He was just awake by himself. No, you don't remember that one time when it was his birthday, and then we were drinking in K-Town, and then we went back to your place and then uh, drank more, and Paul was like, fucked up like he, he he was he was basically stumbling and like hugging everybody um was that girl uh um i don't know who he is was that girl daniela there too yeah 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 i remember was, that day yeah. yeah and then so that that's the first time i've seen paul get that drunk before where he stumped but he he had a insane amount of alcohol that night right and then we go to mcdonald's afterwards right now he's stumbling walking into the mcdonald's after he has the Mc... Now, first of all, not only does he drink an insane amount of alcohol, he eats an insane amount. Yes, I he think does. he had like three value meals for a meal. He eats that, walks out completely normal. Hey, I'm fine now. Let's go drink some... <laughs> like, what the fuck kind of human being are I remember you, this shit yeah. because it was like 3 a.m. It was... No, it was like 4. Yeah, 3 or 4. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, Oh man, damn! All these memories are starting to flood back. <laughs> so back in the day, right? Yeah. So this is before. Now this these are just facts. This is just before a bunch of white people started coming to fucking K Town. Yeah, we used to have a lot of these underground drinking spots. So they would be open until the next morning. Yeah, pretty much. And this is the shit that me, Edric, and Paul we used to always go to these spots. Yeah, and you would only be allowed in if you knew somebody who knew the spot. Yeah, but then fucking all these white bloggers were blogging about it on (laughs) Tumblr and shit. And all of a sudden, all these businesses started closing. So these were like these uh, underground speakeasies because in LA, 2 a.m. is when you can't serve any more alcohol. But we would be up until 6, 7 a.m. in the morning. So we would go to these speakeasy spots. But we would drink nonstop. Oh, like those places would be crazy because like some of those places are just what you see in like the movies. You go in, knock, and then they open the door. And then they close it, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you got it. You got to be. You're going into a place where it looks completely empty, right? Yep. It's just an empty parking lot. All the lights are off, so you think it's closed. And then you just got to know. You just got to be with it. And then you go in, and it's like another life. Jam pack music blasting. It's like where the fuck drinks still popping yep, off. Yep. And everybody was Korean in there. Yep, it was yep. the only Korean people. Yep. And then they kind of fucked up when they started letting white people in there, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, dude. The white people fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> no, they really did, though. I remember there was. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know I only know what it looks like if I see it at night mm-hmm. because that's the only time you would see it. But there was yeah. graffiti on the wall and everything, mm-hmm. and then that was a spot with the little sliding door. Yeah. And they would let you in. Yeah. But that was a spot that me and Paul used to always fucking go to. But it's not there anymore. They yeah. shut it down. Yeah. So sad, dude. Yeah. I mean, but anytime. <laughs> You this you agree to have a drink with Paul? <laughs> High chance that he just means chill. Yeah. He's gonna chill, but you it's, it might be an ordeal in a hurry. You know, a hundred percent. Were you were you there for my birthday when we went to uh, Lock and Key, and we yeah. drank? Yeah, that's yeah. why you were there. Yeah, I right? was there. Yeah, I remember there was a there was a couple of YouTubers that I really don't like that was there, <laughs> and I think like their birthday or something was like they're along the same lines, yeah. but um very vocal that I don't like these human beings. Yeah. But one of the, one of the, one of them came up to me and they was like, Hey man, I just want to say like, yeah, I appreciate you. Like, I love what you're doing. And I was, <laughs> and normal Dave, I was smashed at this point. I know. Right? I know. And I'm a very, when I'm drunk, they always say that when you drink, your true personality comes out. I'm the nicest drunk person you Dude, will ever fucking. You are a fucking love bug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to, this guy likes to hug people. <laughs> he likes to like laugh and smile and like, he gets very touchy feeling, you know. <laughs> I am the nicest person ever, so that's like my who I truly am. Yeah. Even these people, I hate their fucking guts. Yeah. I came out to me as I just want to say, like, I respect you. He's being super cordial, and I remember looked at him. I was like, "It's okay, little buddy." And I, his hair was all nicely done. I put my head in his head. I scruffed up his head. I spun him around. And I slapped him in the ass. I told him to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Like, what the fuck just happened right now? Was like, okay, little buddy. And then um, I forgot. I think Paul told me too that the other guy. I called him. I was like, "Hey, man, you're doing a good job." I was like, "Keep doing what you're doing." And I was like, "I said that to him. I must have been drunk for sure because yeah. I fucking hate their guts." But when I'm drunk, I'm super I, fucking I remember, nice. I remember that. Oh, that same night, uh, Kate was going out with that one really weird ass oh, girl. Yeah, that's right, dog. So when, I, so. Khalif was going out with this one girl at the time. Uh, I only met her a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But you know when you look at somebody and you look into the deep mm-hmm. recesses of their mm-hmm. soul, you're like, this person is nuts. So when you go into this uh, establishment lock and key, it's a speakeasy. And you have to find the specific doorknob that opens up the door. And yeah. if you go there, you know what's up. Yeah. I come out. I don't even know who this girl is. And I see this girl just dancing all up on the walls, touching every single knob, doing like this weird, she started fucking striking a pose, like doing voguing. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this crazy ass woman? She's doing crazy shit. And I'm staring at her and I'm drunk. And I remember this. Uh And then I just remember Cleo was like, oh yeah, that's my girl. And I'm like, he looked so embarrassed. He looked embarrassed because she was being super weird. And I guess she does that in social settings where she acts super like extra. Uh-huh. And I was like, yo, I don't fucking like this girl. When I found out that it was like the girl that he was talking to, I was yeah. like, okay, you fucked up, bro. He's <laughs> like, hey, bro, let me, let me tell you, man. I took one look at those eyes, man. <laughs> I know. There was a demon inside that shit. It's hard though. I don't even know how to approach a girl when uh, when one of your friends, when, you, when your friend goes out with somebody that you don't like. It's mm-hmm. always a, a very awkward situation. Mm. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I just have to just deal with it yeah i mean you you know you have a a private conversation with the friend when the time is right you know hey, what i mean like, like you really love her yeah fuck her huh <laughs> oh she's a crazy bitch man let me tell you something <laughs> and she turned out to be really crazy yeah, too and yeah. we all called that shit yeah she was nuts yeah you could like literally see it in her eyes yeah and, and it's hard to describe what it is but something unnerving 
you yeah. know you, you kind of see it and you're like Ooh. <laughs> you know it's kind of one of those makes you shudder a little yeah. bit because <laughs> i like crazy people but they're crazy insane you know yeah. they're crazy in, in terms of uh they don't give a fuck and yeah. they kind of they're very honest they're open they say whatever the fuck they want yeah however there's sanity in their eyes mm-hmm. you know you know what i mean yeah. you could just tell this is just a part of their personality yeah great example is my buddy joe joe's a crazy person <laughs> but he's fucking lovable as shit i love that guy to death but that motherfucker <laughs> yeah, is a psychopath I, I mean i don't even know joe like that but you know the few interactions <laughs> i had with him the dude is so fucking that random fucking it's hilarious nuts. you know he's so fucking nuts man there's yeah. like these always this, this is funny story too when we were in vegas <laughs> He's he's one of the most sporadic human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, he he's a very knowledgeable person too because mm-hmm. of how he thinks. He's very he's very calculated but not at the same time. Yeah. But for example, we were in Vegas and <laughs> I remember we were gambling and he was up a, a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. And I think he was down first and then he was up like 200 bucks, which is great because he was down a couple of grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we were playing craps and all of a sudden I'm like, Joe, you're up. I remember saying this to him, I'm like, bro, you're up $200. You're good. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's right. No more. I'm good. I walk away from the table. All I hear from a distance is this, is his voice going, 200 and he bets 200 and he loses all of it. This was fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, again, like, I don't know Joe personally, but that doesn't surprise me that he would do something like that. Crazy dude. This guy owns like a seven-figure company, but then he comes on this podcast and talks about a story where he ate out a hooker. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Why would you do that? Dog, he is the only human being that I know oh, that would give service to somebody that he's supposed to get service for. Oh, I mean, not only that, but dude, come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on, man. How many how many dicks been in and out of that? He, you know? care. he said he, he's like, he said he had this animal urge that he can't help but satisfy when it needs to happen. And then he ate out a hooker. Oh, dude, that's foul, man. <laughs> that's Joe, dude. That's, well, more power to him. That he's, like still, funny. he's still living and thriving. You yep. know? Still, still doing what he's doing. It's a special kind of animal. <laughs> special kind of breed, man. Yep. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh, make sure that you check out the podcast every Thursdays and Sundays. We're just talking bullshit, trying to keep you company on your everyday stuff. You can find Edric on Instagram at ed 2 Also, you can find that secret society where you guys can cop the clothing and the gear. Make sure you guys check that shit out, and we will see you all next time. All right, Joe. Peace. Peace.